Welcome back to the Martial Arts Mania Podcast. I'm AJ. And I'm Gavin, the place you come for all your martial arts needs. Uh, all right. Yeah. So if you ever were to open up a retail store, uh, you could do your own commercials. Or, or the this would this would drive customers away. I, I was trying. I had a few minutes with the microphone, so I've been trying different voices. All right. That one that one sounded good before we started recording in my head. <laughs> it sounded like a good idea in my head, said uh, every serial killer ever. Uh, all right, my man. So how are you today? I'm doing well. How about you? How are you, you're, how are you feeling? Uh, you know, a, a, little, a little rough uh, around the edges uh, this morning. But uh, hey, you know what? I'm here. I wasn't going to... I've canceled before when I've, you know, had... Uh, back pain or something like this. I'm like, I don't want to do it. And I was like, you know what? No, the fans deserve it. And uh, it's funny, actually, we took way too long of a hiatus because we've taken hiatuses before. And then when I jump on uh, our host and I look at our numbers and stuff, we usually still have like quite a bit of regular plays. But this last time when I went to go load our newest episode, we'd only had like five plays in the last week. And I'm like, holy cannoli, that's unheard of. So our new episode dropped, and even though it was kind of obviously a niche one uh, with, not niche, but like She Shoots Straight, right? A true genre fan film. Uh, it's getting good traction, so I'm excited to be back today, excited to make this a regular thing. Uh, we love doing this. So thanks to our loyal listeners all around the world. We had so many. We had a lot. We have a lot in Europe, so thank you all our European friends. We had friends in the uh, UK listening, so thanks. Friends in uh, España, so uh, muchos gracias. We had friends in Germany and Austria. Danke schön. Uh, we did have a listener. We had listeners in Belgium and France. So, uh, merci. And uh, we didn't have any in... We had some in Hong Kong. So, uh, and then I don't think we had any in Japan, though. Sorry. So we'll get there. You need, to, you need to get on your uh, friends I in need Japan. to get on it. So, uh, what's new with you, Home Slice? I, well, I'm I'm doing well. We're back. We're back uh, in full swing on campus. Uh, a lot of our restrictions that were in place last year, also a lot of families that were going hybrid in the previous year, are now back on campus. Uh, so it's a very full campus. It's great to see uh, parents before they could only drop students off last year. Now they're able to come into the building, see their students dance, and that's great. You know, because now they can is. come yell at you in person. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you have a very yellable face. Thank you. I'm kidding. Thank but you, you know what? I've been told that before. Like people are like, uh, like I forget what I've been told. Like uh, regarding me, like, oh, you, you, you know, you just, you just like have the face of someone I can get angry at. I'm like, what? Mm. So maybe because we're nice that, guys. That's, yeah, that sounds like a dissatisfied customer. A dissatisfied customer. <laughs> Never. Never. A high school bully. High school bully. <laughs> okay, so uh, right out the gate, let's go over movie news, martial arts movie news. So this is going to be our first episode. We're trying out a new segment, trying to break it up, uh, have like categories we do. Some of the stuff we've done in the past, now we're going to make it a regular thing. So right out of the gate, movie news. Uh, I have a few little items. I know I didn't really prepare you for this, but that's all right. So I'd say the big news that dropped. Everyone has been, been hitting me up about this. Uh, so they've announced that they are going to be making a new Karate Kid movie. Now, mm-hmm. the details aren't 100%. Some news sources are reporting it is going to be connected to the Cobra Kai series. Some aren't. Uh, I don't know what that entails. I don't know if it'll... because. That, that would be interesting, and I don't know how I feel if it's just like a Cobra Kai movie. Uh, but at this point, if you were to do anything like in the current timeline, it would have to be. Uh, so I don't know, uh, and I'm not sure how I feel about that. I love the Cobra Kai series. Haven't had the chance yet to start uh, the new season, obviously, with everything going on. Mm-hmm. But uh, how do you feel about this? It's very interesting because I'm not going to mention any spoilers whatsoever, but I did finish the new season. Uh, when the season ended, I felt like I want more, but I don't want more. Mm-hmm. I, so it, it kind of wraps up perfectly. And the but yet there's still that life goes on. So you're mentioning this and this news that's breaking. The only thing I could think was, you know, this is a way to possibly end things. Oh, and so this is uh, sorry. I'm totally should have prepared for this. The, the fifth season is what just came out, correct? Uh, seventh. No, yes, the fifth. Okay, so that yeah. makes sense. I think five seasons is a good run. 
for a show because you don't want it to go on forever, right? Like as much as we love shows that go on forever, I'd say this is not one of those ones that can. Spinoffs, I think, could be great mm-hmm. for a series like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, like as I jokingly said, like a, a Hawk Detective Agency or something, uh, you know, yeah, something that, fun like that. Yeah, I, I would love to see a, a. I still can't give you any spoilers, but I would call it Comedy Kai. That is pretty much in vain with your previous idea, but built on a little bit. So once you watch this fifth season, I can, uh, I can reveal a little more on that thought but that thought is just a thought it's actually not based in reality at right all. so we'll just have to wait and see uh, other news uh it was reported that mel gibson's re- uh hired a new writer for the mm-hmm. lethal weapon 5 movie which mm-hmm. is awesome which means it's still in the works i love the lethal weapon movies uh i would love to see a new entry i think it could still be done especially if it's done in the old school way uh mm-hmm. so that's exciting for me i'm a huge fan of I, all I, the lethal weapon movies I'm, I'm particularly a fan of one, two, and four. I love four. And three just never, I think it came out at the wrong time for me. It never hooked. I have to go back and rewatch that. Yeah. But I, 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 I would love a five. The funny part is, I'd say for most people, two's the forgotten one. Uh, I'd say its main pop culture reference was actually in Family Guy. When, mm-hmm. uh, God, it was at least like 10 years ago where... I want to say it's like one of the dream episodes or I forget where Peter, I think he kills Stewie at the end. Right. And then just, he shoots him and then just says, it's just been revoked, which has no reference to the rest of the episode, but is obviously a reference to lethal weapon two, uh, where our villain at the end is shooting Mel Gibson and says diplomatic immunity. And then Danny Glover, spoiler alert, pops him right in the head. It's just been revoked. However, Uh, I feel like that's the one people forget about the most. Uh, I highly enjoy number four. Uh, I know it, it was almost getting to that point, like what kind of Expendables did with three, which hindered that film. It was almost getting too many involved with Chris Rock. And mm-hmm. I still highly enjoy Chris Rock in that one. Some of it's kind of dated, but the action is still phenomenal. That finale, we've talked about that uh, the, the, with Mel Gibson. The car- the car chase scene on the, the freeway. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, but with Mel Gibson, Danny Glover, Jet Li, that ending fight's phenomenal. Uh, so I would love to see what they can do with the fifth film. Uh, uh, can I just say, yeah. uh, part part two might be memorable to my family because my aunt, uh, my aunt's home was, uh, the they used her home for the Rainbow House is what we used to call it. What? The, the house that gets pulled down the yeah. hill. That, that was the replica that got pulled down the hill, but they shot it there. No, no way. That was your aunt's home? Yeah, that was my aunt, well, her husband's home. Oh, okay, got it. Okay, wow. Well, there we go. Gavin, uh, once again, Mr. Hollywood. <laughs> I uh, knew a location. Yeah. All right, uh, and then the last little bit of news I saw that's cool is, so Maria Tran, uh, Vietnamese-Australian mm-hmm. actress, martial artist, uh, filmmaker, she's going to be doing a new entry to her uh Tiger Cops series, which is an homage Wonderful. to the 80s, like especially the D&B films, I feel the most. I feel like they're they're kind of comedy duo martial arts films shot uh, and, you know, edited and especially with some post-production effects to really look like those 80s Hong Kong ones we love. And I feel like they're the best ones in terms of comedy and martial arts. Like some people have tried to do the straight martial arts. They've been great. Uh, others, not so much. And the same thing with comedy. Some have tried to do like super comical ones. They're just not funny. Hers uh, are the best at capturing both the comedy and the martial arts and the overall aesthetic and feel mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to the camera work, the lighting, uh, the post-production that they do, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, any other martial arts news you can think of off the top of your head? Off the top of my head, I would say that uh, Mar- former or martial arts star Jeff Wingcott's documentary "Fall Fight Shine" actually won uh, the Toronto Film Festival's best documentary. Uh, Holy that came out cannoli. last week! Yeah, that's big news. It is big news, and it's actually a great film. And I think you might enjoy it in particular because at one point, uh, Jeff uh, Wingcott reveals like his training session and his nutrition. He has a letter from his personal trainer. He goes through how he had to measure each. You know, each uh, item of food he was eating. So and this it, is back in his prime. Back in his prime. So it refers back to that. And like, you know, there's some still shots and there's there's some martial arts sequences, I believe, from martial law, too, and maybe from fatal impact. And then there's uh, some still shots from his time on uh, open, uh, open, come on, open fire. 
Ah. So like when he was like at his most like flexed. People forget he's like the forgotten physique of the 90s. Uh, because at his peak, he was he was in pretty damn good shape. Uh, I mean, obviously, he didn't say they have like the kicking abilities of Gary Daniels or the physique of Gary Daniels, but nobody does because Gary Daniels is a freak of nature. Uh, I take that's not nice. All right, I mean, I wasn't supposed <laughs> to be disrespectful, but he because he works phenomenally hard too. But he's just the freak of nature. Sorry, like Gary Daniels is just uh, the epitome of physique and martial arts abilities because the, he's so disciplined. That's what it is. It's uh, extremely disciplined. But yeah, cool. Toronto Film Festival. That's huge. It so, is huge. Yeah. Uh, shouts out to our man, uh, Mr. Wincott. Uh, so, any other news? Uh, I don't have news. All right. I have, so. I have, First thing we're going to do, a segment we've done many times before. This is going to be uh, our new uh, regular segment. Uh, and it's going to be Let's Try to Stump AJ. So, what it's going to be, Gavin's going to have two movie quotes. A very easy one, just so I don't look like a complete imbecile when I probably can't get the second one. And so the second quote is going to be a harder one and it's going to, I have to try to guess what movie it's from, et cetera, et cetera. So are you ready to start? Oh, I'm ready to start. All right. Let's start with the easy one. Give this it to me, a, baby. This is an underhanded softball quote. Okay. Uh, your karate's a joke. Hmm. Let me think. That's going to be Mike Barnes in Karate Kid Part 3. There you go. Excellent. We're, See, we're that, one, and that's perfect. You know why? Because was it easy? Yes. But would the regular fan maybe necessarily get it? Not, nece- not necessarily. And maybe they would have been like, oh, oh, it's Karate Kid, but which one? Oh, oh. But uh, yeah, Karate Kid Part 3, Mike Barnes, excellent choice, my friend. Okay, the next one. Two words. And by the way, if you haven't already listened to our previous episode where we interviewed Mr. Mike Barnes. Yes. Oh, Sean Kanan. Very good. Uh, Check that one out uh, and definitely pick up his book. Uh, Okay. So our next one. You lose. Oh, it's going to, it's, it's going to bounce around in your brain. It's going to bounce around in any martial arts. I know, but I I know which one you're, you're doing. Uh, Game of death. No, no. Well, because what I'm thinking is, uh, you lose, Carl Miller, which yeah, is what he says at the end when yes. he kills Bob Wall. But okay, so just two words, and it's actually it could possibly be an homage because the the actor who's being told this uh, was in films with uh, Bruce Lee, or was in one film. You lose. You got me. It's it's from it's from another trilogy. It's uh, missing in action. Oh, uh, two. Yes, with Mister Soon Sek. Oh, delivering uh, the line. You know what? That ending fight. So here's the deal. All transparency. Not a huge fan of the missing in action trilogy, just because I didn't feel like there was enough martial arts. But that ending fight between Chuck Norris and Soon Tech Oh, right? Yes. Uh, yes has some legit fast paced choreography like is it the most intricate no and it's kind of almost like uh taekwondo-esque like one steps mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. like pom 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 and it's good it's that's was like my favorite thing of that trilogy as a kid uh watching them so i definitely need to go back and check that one out but nice difficult quote my man yeah it, it's it thank you very much i'll try try to stump you again next week sounds like a plan uh okay so now what we are going to do we are going to go into our episode so today we're doing it slightly different we are doing an edition of our kung fu comfort films but today it's going to be exclusively gavin's list five of gavin's favorite kung fu comfort films the movies he goes to when he needs an escape and wants something familiar and comforting gavin are you ready to give us your list I am ready for the Kung Fu Comfort Films Part Three, Part A, because we're gonna put we're gonna have to put the spotlight on you somehow. Oh yeah, no, next time's gonna be me. Uh, once again, in full transparency, uh, I didn't have time to put together a list. I've uh, just been very busy with moving into the new house and work, uh, but I appreciate Gavin 
taking the helm. Plus, I kind of like this because you know what? Sometimes when we both do it, it may it takes longer. So, and plus, it's more exciting for me because now I'm just focused on what your entries are going to be. So, let's start with number five. All right. Well, number five coming up first, and all right, no particular order. I'm going to go with. The tape that I once destroyed and had to get a second VHS tape copy. Martial Law 2, Undercover. We've alluded to the film a few times. We've never discussed the film. Martial Law 2, Undercover is an absolute comfort film. Definitely. And it's one of those movies where, okay, it's all entertaining. And it's got a great cast. You've got Billy Drago in there. Uh, which is nice. Obviously, Jeff Wincott takes over the helm for Chad McQueen, so there's a slight difference there. Now, all of the choreography, you can tell, was done with heart and ingenuity Mm -hmm. by Mr. Jeff Pruitt, if I'm not mistaken. Correct? Absolutely. Correct. Uh, Some of it hits the mark. Others, not Mm -hmm. so much. But even the Mm -hmm. ones that don't necessarily hit the mark still you can tell the effort that was put into them. You know what I mean? Like, okay, they're at least trying to be creative. It's sort of like how I have an affinity for Bollywood films. And yes, they can be so over the top and the fight scenes can be so extravagant, but Mm -hmm. it's done out of love for the genre and wanting to create something special for the audience. And I can appreciate that. Even if like, you know what? They missed the beat there, but I see what they were going for. And the performers are giving it their all. For all we know, they had five minutes to shoot that scene. But Martial Law 2, I think, is an excellent entry. So give us your take on this film. So Martial Law 2, I've I've referred to it as uh, many times internally amongst friends uh, as the ponytail movie where everybody in the film has hair long enough or at least uh, gelled back to appear long enough to have a ponytail. So it was probably right around the era when when Seagal and other others were. Uh, making it big. So I call it the ponytail movie. The only one who doesn't have hair long enough for a ponytail in this film, if I recall correctly, and I should because I've seen this so many times, is Cynthia Rothrock. You know, it's funny. Um, I was about to say that. I'm like, everyone but Cynthia Rothrock who has her short bob cut in this one. Yeah, and there's some really nice sequences in this film. There's some... there. I'm always slightly disappointed by the final fight. I Mm -hmm. don't think that uh, they cast an actor, a pure actor, Paul Johansson, to go against Jeff Wincott. They tried to... uh, already established Paul Johansson as being a better fighter than Evan Lurie, which, you know, that sequence comes across as, uh, yeah, just a henchman dropping his, you know, his training sword to, to make his boss seem better. The final fight leaves a lot to be a lot wanting. I felt like Cynthia Rothrock could have had more. It would have been nice to see a really good villain where you would have had to have a Project A sequence uh, where you have... Uh, Rothrock and Wincott fighting against, say, someone who knew how to wield a sword like Thomas Ian Griffith. But I digress. I think the one scene that really stands out for me is Evan Lurie fighting against the two bodyguards of a sports promoter inside uh, inside like a, a ring on a mat. Just the movement, the way that they move around is fantastic. Another and sequence. that sequence features, if I'm not mistaken, Master Shooky Ron. Yes. For reference, Master Shiki Ron uh, is from Israel. He is a master of Muay Thai. He trained at the Majiro Gym, famous Majiro Gym uh, in Holland, and uh, would later uh, move to America. And uh, not only was he good friends with Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan's mentioned uh, that on the podcast before. He was the trainer for our sensei, Peter Sugarfoot Cunningham, uh, in the late 80s, early 90s at the Jet Center. And that's what helped kind of uh, add the Muay Thai element to the Sugarfoot style. Not to say it's a Muay Thai style, but, uh, you know, a lot of the the power combos that, you know, Petey did later mm-hmm. in his career and so forth uh, come directly from Master Shooky Ron, who also mm-hmm. did a lot of stunt work, uh, choreography stuff in the 90s. He was very good friends with Sasha Mitchell, so he was involved in a lot of his films. And I was privileged enough after hearing about him for years, uh, you know, put a little shooky on it. That's what Sugarfoot would say. He actually (laughs) trained uh, myself and Herman for one of our uh, fights we were going to do. So uh, shout out to Master Shooky Ron if he's listening. An amazing trainer and a super nice guy too. 
Uh, yeah. So sorry to interrupt, but oh no, not, not at all. I mean, I think what makes this film so fun, and again, when we talk about comfort films, these are films that you can watch from beginning to end, films that you can throw on and not get distracted, films that you can jump into at any sequence. What makes this film so special from your straight to video? of your straight to video genre, it is clearly shot on film. We've talked about this before, like with Rage and Honor, the first film being shot on film. It just adds this little, a little bit of depth to it that uh, kind of captures, captures the art that we're seeing on the screen. It has a perfect balance of comedy. It has, it has a great cast, as you mentioned, Billy Drago, not in the a lead role, but in a supporting role, but it's, it's just a lot of fun when you can pop in and out and, uh, get engaged with if you want or just watch up through the fi- up to the final sequence and, and get everything you needed out of the film yeah uh great entry usually it's available on some sort of streaming app uh i think the nice part is a lot of times now we have these uh uh i was about to start using terminology from work in my brain but we have these <laughs> streaming apps that for example you know are commercial based ones so they're free like imdb tv stuff like that where uh even if it's on prime you can find it through one of those services and watch it so usually this film is one of those ones that you can watch on a streaming service with uh advertisements totally worth it great entry it's part of that straight to video genre that we love uh but as you said shot on film uh and yeah, I think that's great. So uh, once again, not in any particular order, your next Kung Fu Comfort film. So I wanted to pick a Jackie Chan film okay. for this list. Uh, Fantasy Mission Force. There you go. Actually have a love of Kung Fu. The By the way, <laughs> you did those two jokes in the first Comfort film. I, I listened. Did? You did. Master with the crack fingers. There you go. <laughs> it, so I was going to go with... Uh, Wheels on Meals slash Spartan X, but I, I'm not because okay. it is a classic film and we discussed it. I am, however, going to go with a uh, with City Hunter. Oh, great, great entry. That's one of my all time great uh comfort films real quick before you get into it the one issue is so i had the Sang video vhs release which i played to death which once again has the classic dub that would have been uh because it was still came out in the 90s still those mm-hmm. usual dubbing artists when i got it on dvd years later uh not a special edition release or anything just when movies were coming out on dvd it was that new uh fortune star dub from the early 2000s Mm -hmm. mid 2000s and it's just not the same i can't watch it with that uh that dub nothing against those guys you know whoever did it it's just you know it's not the same for me so i would love for them to do i think they already have maybe done like a eureka or 88 films re-release of it so i need to check see if it has the classic dub and if so that'll be maybe my next one i order from the uk because an amazing choice so let's hear your take on it so i mean for me it is it is one it is a perfect film you can pop in perfect comfort film you can pop in at any point you're gonna see a great sequence of some sort uh they have great fight sequences throughout you also have uh, an extended uh period where jackie chan is doing some phenomenal comedy where the whole i would almost say I don't want to say first third of the film for his character is he is hungry and he's looking for food. Yeah. So you've, you've got some great uh, sequences uh, set up around the comedy. You've got Gary Daniels. And I think w- one of the best short fight sequences ever shot where it's essentially he and Jackie trying to bobbing and weaving and dodging each other. I think it's a fantastic fight sequence in the bedroom of uh, of the ship. Uh, I love Richard Norton. I mean, I think, you know, he's a, you know, personal growing up personal hero of mine, like looking up to him and just uh, getting to see him uh, perform against Jackie Chan with Jackie Chan collaborating some great work. I think Mars might double him in a couple of sequences. Oh, yeah. with I mean, just like hitting. Gary Daniels is doubled for some shots in the the bedroom fight scene. But yeah. once again, you only really pick up on that when you've watched it a thousand times like we yes. have. Yes. It's just such a fun film. I mean, it's based on a Japanese cartoon that I or anime that I used to watch when I was a kid in Japan. City Hunter. Yeah. It's just a fun film. So it's got it, it and it's it's easy and comfortable because it is based on a comic book. It is, I think, one of the better comic book adaptations. It's not tr- necessarily true, but it 
it captures the spirit. And so you could pop in and out. You've got the the arcade sequence. You've got the training sequence. You've got the final stick fighting sequence. You've got some chasing up and down uh, the boat. You've got a skateboard sequence. Uh, it just there's action throughout. Then there's comedy throughout. And one is taking place, if not the other, except for a few moments. And so you can pop in and out or just sit down and watch the whole thing with a bag of popcorn. And the nice part is because I feel like they're taking this other uh, entity or property with the anime and adapting it. Yes, it's very uh, slapstickish and it is a Wong Jing film. However, it and it does have the elements of the Mole Tao, you know, like Stephen Chow style comedy, but not too over the top. It's more it's fitting because it's like a goofy adaptation of the anime so yes there are some gags that are a little like ooh, you know or <laughs> even outdated today but for the most part it's comedy that's digestible for everybody it's kind of that universal type of slapstick uh and yes there's some uh some comedy that would maybe be uh considered inappropriate nowadays we kind of have a whole uh kind of probably would be inappropriate for the LGBTQ community uh, segment with Ken Lowe. Uh, but for the most part, you know, it's not trying to be uh, mean hearted. It's just trying to be a silly, wacky movie. And the martial arts sequences that we get are phenomenal. They don't. Yes, they have comical elements throughout them, but they're not sacrificing the mm what the fans of the genre like. So for example, when we finally get to see Richard Norton fight at the end, spoiler alert, it's like we're we're made to think he's kind of uh like a, a wussy when it comes to fighting. Like, yeah, he'll mm-hmm. shoot a gun, but he's like, oh but then when he does, <laughs> it's like a light switch. His character suddenly becomes Colonel McDonald, the badass fighter, like it's nothing. And it's such a cool little transition. And they have such an extended cool fight sequence where yes, there's some doubling going on because there's some intricate like stick work and stunt work, but we get to see Richard Norton really throw down. We get to see Jackie Chan, uh, carry most of the comical type stuff and also jackie came in this movie per usual in really good shape which definitely mm-hmm. helps with the believability of it i mean he's sleeveless for like half the movie too so you know he had to be in tip-top shape especially when you're going against gary daniels who uh you know has a whole training sequence in his underwear uh, as, as we heard as we heard earlier he's a what a freak a freak of nature i mean come on you, <laughs> but uh yeah. Anywho, great entry. Any final thoughts? Yeah. Well, it's 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 similar to uh, some other films that we've I've on our comfort list. I think what makes this film comfort like falls within that comfort genre is it throws in everything, including the kitchen sink. It just throws in everything, so you can pop in and out. And that's what that's what these that's what the comfort films are for to be able to pop in and out or just take an afternoon for yourself. Well, that's excellent. I think that's a great entry for uh, your top five list. Hey, everybody. Here's my training tip for the day. Want to build a Gary Daniels-like physique? Next time you're doing a traditional strength training program, make sure and do what I call regulated rest periods. That means in between sets, monitoring how long you rest. Now we need to make sure we rest, but really your rest periods should be anywhere from one minute to two minutes maximum, depending on the amount of reps you're doing and the amount of weight you are working with. So for example, if you're working in that hypertrophy range, maybe only one minute or even 45 seconds rest in between sets. If you're going in that heavier maximal strength, area, then you definitely want to make sure and give yourself 90 seconds to two minutes. However, the mistake I find most people make is that they rest far too long in between periods. Try this the next time you're doing a strength training routine, and I think you're really going to like the results. Anyway, back to the episode. Okay, so the next one uh, on your list. The next one on my list. So we got three more. I'm actually going to go with something that's a little more current and by current i mean made within this century uh blood and bone oh you hinted at that to me yesterday or like yesterday yeah it was yesterday (laughs) it's on netflix i'm just saying but amazing entry and not to steal your thunder but in my opinion steal it in my opinion the best michael jai white film there is uh talking like a straight michael jai white film that's the oh you know what 
Black Dynamite is a force of nature on its own, but we'll say straight martial arts film. It's the best action movie he has ever done, and I wish he could have done more films of that caliber. He he did a few following that that were Michael Jai White films and still enjoyable, mm-hmm. uh, like Falcon Rising, but just mm-hmm. didn't quite hit the mark like Blood and Bone, and it's a very special movie. So let's hear what you have to say about it. Blood and Bone. So if you're going to show somebody who isn't familiar with martial art films a sequence. Hey, here, let me just put on Blood and Bone for you. Let's do the the prison sequence. Let's do the first fight sequence, second fight sequence. Let's do that final fight sequence. The film is set up so, so well that it can be an example for what martial art films are like in this century, Uh, particularly the, the straight to streaming, straight to video. You can just plop it on. And you're going to hook someone. You know who else you're going to hook? You're going to hook me. I'm going to watch one sequence. I'm like, I, I, I need to see the next sequence. I need to see the next sequence. I can also put it on and I can go around the house, clean the house. I can even like, you know, maybe get inspired and bust out some weights while this is on. It's really, it's really well done. It's tight. And as you said, like, it is probably the best Michael Jai White film. Uh, straight martial art film, you know. Uh, Black Dynamite is 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 a classic tune of itself, uh, but wish we had more. Absolutely, so many of his films are teasers for for uh, franchises that never got launched. Like Falcon Rising could have, or Falcon Rising could have turned into something. Black Dynamite was always alluded to. Multiple films could have been made, but Blood and Bone. How badly did you want to see Bone go to the next town? So, uh, so, so much. Bone! Because that's what his mama named him. <laughs> it's it's a really fun film. Uh, and it also, what I like about it, at the end of the day, while it is a comfort film, it does have a slight message and it does adhere to that Bushido way, which we have spoken to before. It's it's someone who's who conducted himself of with with high caliber for whatever reason he was in prison, uh, conducted himself with with the highest uh, highest personal standards throughout his throughout his money making street fights and through the very end sequence uh, when he leaves. It's 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 he I wanted. Up. I wanted cool, a prequel. Please. That's what I wanted. So oh, we can figure out why. Because yes. I remember he mentions his brother. I had a brother a long time ago. He was in prison, obviously, but he has this, like you said, the super ethical code, Bushido code. You know, mm-hmm. he's an honorable, like modern day samurai. So I wanted the backstory as to why he was in prison. Because I imagine it had something to do with his brother, whether it was like he avenged his brother's death or something along those lines. So uh, that's what I had always hoped for. But uh, at this point, maybe it's a little, I mean, the movie was like 10 years ago now. So yeah. whether you can make a prequel with Michael Jai White, who's still in phenomenal shape and stuff, but obviously, uh, you know, he doesn't look younger than he did in the original one. So, And I also just want to say the clothes he was wearing, they were so cool. And even the clothes with the, of the guy he fought in the final fight. And I'm sorry I'm blanking on his name. Matt Miller? Thank you very much. I think that I think it, you're right. He's the extreme martial arts guy. Very talented. Oh, my. I, I would. I, I Matt Mullins. Matt Mullins. Yes. There we go. I, I would love for them to, to come back together and work together again. But even the, even the suit that he's wearing while he's fighting. I mean, just the, the film. It's so great. And like maybe we'll do uh, we'll talk about this film in the future. But as a comfort film, this is a film you can put on, watch from beginning to end or go in and out. You can watch it out of sequence, in sequence. You're going to get something out of it. Great, great choice. So now let's go into movie number three. All right, movie number three. We've we've heard me discuss how much I like uh, the Sasha Mitchell kickboxing films, two through four, particularly like three. Almost really love four. Two's good, but I'm going to mention this one. Kickboxer number one, the first one. Oh. It is an ultimate comfort film. Ultimate, uh, I think that's a great choice. You know what the funny part is? People always ask me, oh, Bloodsport. You know, let's talk about Bloodsport. I have a new coworker that apparently claims to be the largest Jean-Claude Van Damme fight, uh, fan and Bloodsport fan. I'm like, hmm, you don't know who you're talking to, buddy. But uh, <laughs> for me, it's funny because I have literally watched Bloodsport a gazillion times. I had a taped off a TV version that I watched 
on the regular, just like my Enter the Dragon version, mm-hmm. uh, in which I did the same. But if you had DVD copies of both and you asked me which one, if I wanted to put it on as a comfort film, I'm going to actually pick Kickboxers. I feel like simply because I have watched Bloodsport so many times and I feel like Kickboxer gives us sometimes more of a movie that we can put on and just have comfort. You don't have to be watching 24-7. Bloodsport, the beauty of it is we just have like phenomenal martial arts the whole time, but it's more just like a montage of fight scenes and stuff. I Mm -hmm. like Kickboxer because it kind of borrows that story arc of a traditional Kung Fu movie in the sense of like, oh, avenging the family member. Oh, but I have to become a better martial artist. Oh, find a master. Oh, training sequences. Oh, overcome diversity, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, I think it's it's a sleeper one. People love Kickboxer, but it's also one that people forget how inspirational it was for other people. It was a huge inspiration for me. One of the reasons I moved to Thailand to train and fight in Muay Thai. Uh, I know it was a huge inspiration for one of my Muay Thai heroes, uh, John Wayne Parr. Uh, so yeah, let's hear your take on it. So it, it's, again, it's one of these films where you can have it on, you can pop in and out. Like, you want to watch the training sequence. You want to watch Jean-Claude Van Damme pretend he doesn't know how to do splits and then eventually learn how to do splits. You want to watch some comedy elements presented to us by Dennis uh, Kwan. Chan, right? Chan. Yes. Who, uh, his character Xi'an. name is Xi'an. Thank you. So Dennis Chan as Xi'an. Uh, you want to watch uh, some great fight sequences. Also, there's a story arc, an emotional story arc. And, and? there is... The greatest dance sequence of all time. Uh, you better believe it. So it's just, it's it's a film that you can really enjoy from start to finish. It's a film that if you're trying to introduce somebody to the genre, you can use this film. That's another, that's another I think, aspect of a comfort film because usually you want it to be a film that you've seen a lot so you know if the person you're going to show it to is going to enjoy it. I think that speaks to a lot of the other films on this list, like Blood and Bone, like we just slightly discussed, uh, City City Hunter as well, to an extent, but Kickboxer even more so. It's a, it's a film that you can use to introduce someone to the genre. Uh, I think Jean-Claude Van Damme's charisma is off the charts on this one. I think, uh, you know, he it had to be to do a dance sequence like that. Uh it's just it's just a really good film, start to finish, and uh, great soundtrack too. Very good soundtrack. Yep. And the uh, training sequences, I, I really really appreciate the training sequences. Sometimes I'll just watch for that. Sometimes I'll watch for the final fight. Sometimes I'll watch the whole thing. I also a lot of times state it as uh, I mean Jean Claude Van Damme is one of the greatest cinematic physiques of all time, and it's mm-hmm. maybe his best. One of his best, if not his best physique. It is you know because it's a lot more lean and ripped. And a lot of that may have just had to do with shooting in Thailand. A lot of people can attest to this, as can I. You're going to inherently lose weight and so forth when you're shooting in Thailand just because it's so hot and humid, depending where you are on levels of humidity, but always just hot and humid. So he comes in with a very shredded physique. Uh, But once again, uh, and even, yes, choreography, not as intricate. Uh, I mean, Mm -hmm. his films weren't necessarily as intricate overall, but we get some phenomenal slow motion sequences and kicks Uh and displays of just awesome martial arts abilities. Agreed. Completely agree. Wow. That was uh, so far. Your list has been fantastic. Oh, thank you very much. I, I, I think uh, I think you you are definitely holding this episode up. So we'd even need my entries. Oh no, no, we we need your entries. But I will say that this next one is in honor of uh, my sister and also of uh, my uh, my former boss and uh-huh. friend James. Well, before we not get my to, former friend, but go ahead. Before we get to that episode. Here's a fun trivia fact for you. Did you know that Dennis Alexio, who plays Eric Sloan, the brother of Jean-Claude Van Damme's character, Kurt Sloan, was actually a real-life, multi-time world heavyweight and light heavyweight kickboxing champion? Now you know. We're back. And uh, by episode, I meant entry. So, uh, <laughs> let's hear it. Your final entry. The final, the final entry that is in honor of my sister, Deidre, and my former former boss, current friend, I said former friend, James, is none other than, and this is a fact, if this, if this is on TV, you're watching it. If this is streaming, you're watching it. Roadhouse. You took the words right out of my mouth. Roadhouse. So, I had no idea that James loved Roadhouse. Oh, he and loves Roadhouse, and he also had a, a story to tell about I, it. I, I have no idea your sister loves Roadhouse. 
Oh, my sister was visiting me in Silver Lake Echo Park. Uh, it was on TV. We loved it. We laughed. Now, every time it's on, she's texting me. I'm watching Roadhouse. I'm watching Roadhouse. I mean, it's I it, love Roadhouse. Yes. I've oh, talked about it so? numerous times. I remember I went to that 25th anniversary screening at the mm-hmm. Egyptian. Uh, no, it wouldn't have been 25. It would have been 30, right? Yeah, because 2019. Yeah. yeah, 30. We were in the theater together. Yeah, so you knowing. came too. Yes. I can't remember. I've been to so many of those, but no, no, we, we weren't, we weren't together. Oh, we didn't know each other. No, no, no. By by that one, we definitely did. I didn't know. I I went with the, were we, did we go together? We must have, we must have, we definitely (laughs) went together, Uh, but, uh, and now I'm starting to remember because I remember where we sat and stuff. Yes. No, the drunken master screening was the one where we were both there. We didn't really know each other yet. There you go. But, uh, yeah, and it was so fun to see you know the panel talk about the film, uh, and especially Kelly Lynch, whose mm-hmm. husband is friends with Bill Murray, and every time it's on TV, because it's literally like the most played movie on cable, he'll text Kelly Lynch's husband saying, hey, I just watched Patrick Swayze have sex with your wife. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. uh, But I love the film overall. It's one of my favorites. It's one of those ones, like you said, if it's on... I will watch it no matter where I am. Yeah. If someone comes over and says, oh, I see you have uh, your Blu-ray of uh, Roadhouse. Do you want to watch it? Yes. Yes, I will. Uh, so let's hear your take on it. So again, if 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 the film's opening, you're watching it the whole way through. If the film is on, it's at any sequence whatsoever, you're watching the film. And just like uh, Kickboxer and Blood and Bone, where I say that these are films that you can introduce people to the genre. Roadhouse, by far, is the number one entry film, I believe, for the martial arts films. You can you can sit your sister down. You can sit your uh, like boss down. You can sit anybody down. Show them the film. They're going to come back loving it and wanting more. Patrick Swayze is the ultimate is the ultimate, uh, if you think about his career, entry for so many genres, whether it's like the hard, like deep romances like Ghost, whether it's uh, extreme sports, point break, whether it's, uh, whether it's martial arts, whether it's dancing. If he's in it, he captures audiences. Uh, it's also extremely well-balanced. I was about to put a different Marshall Teague movie on this list, uh, technically one riot, one ranger, but I wasn't going to go with the TV pilot. And I wanted to go with, uh, basically what, as I said, like the number one, uh, comfort film it's, you can enter at any point. And I haven't even mentioned Sam Elliott yet. <laughs> right. I it's, mean, you know, it's funny. Uh, you talking about this, it came up at my new job this week and someone mentioned that a client wanted a radio spot at uh, red in a Sam Elliott type voice. And then it came up and I mentioned Roadhouse and everyone's like, oh, yeah, Roadhouse. Uh, I mean, it's it's, uh, a lot of the younger generation even got introduced to it through Family Guy where Mm -hmm. Roadhouse, where it was, you know, something Peter was saying. And uh, you mentioned putting on for anybody. If I'm not mistaken, it was a couple months back. I was at my parents' house and my niece was there uh, with my sister, my adult niece. You know, she's 19 years old now and she had never seen it. And I'm like, it was on there. I'm like, all right, I'm putting it on. And she actually sat there and watched it. The only reason she stopped is like something came up. Right. But anybody can be captivated, captivated by this film. It's a time capsule of that era, but it's not outdated. Mm-hmm. It is, mm-hmm. it stands the test of time yet. It gives you, uh, it's like you're stepping into a time machine to the late eighties mm-hmm. and loving every second of it. Well, I, I think what's amazing about the film and why the film is timeless is he essentially goes to the, an isolated town that could take place any time in yes. history from the 1940s, even to present day. Uh, mind you, I, the one question I always have about the film is how did the double deuce become so popular in what appeared to be essentially a hick town? I'll tell you, there's it absolutely just, nothing else to do in that town. So, <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's in all seriousness, this is the kind of thing, if you've ever grown up in a small town uh, or even a, a smaller town area like I did, you know, in the Central Valley, like if there's something 
to do, like everyone's going to go do that one thing. So it actually makes perfect sense because you got a lot of people, you know, especially in that demographic that like to drink, that like to party, you know, and it's the only place to go. There's nothing else. So that's how it became so popular. And you've also got the surrounding towns. Like, and even my last two years, uh, living in Calaveras County up in the mountains slash foothills where there's nothing else to do. Like if there is a certain, club or bar or restaurant or whatever, whatever, everyone's going to go there. You mm-hmm. know, there's, uh, where my, my parents, my mom and stepdad lived, uh, you know, even farther up the hill from us, there's this little like brewery restaurant place every weekend. That place is packed. Not only that, there's also this bar we ended up never getting the chance <laughs> to go to right off highway four and literally just mountainous trees. And then right off the highway is this place called mystic saloon, which mm-hmm. had open, when we like moved up there every Friday, Saturday night, that parking lot was full to the brim. And you'd say the same thing. Where are these people coming from? And the funny part is the gym I managed for a year, which was, uh, literally what would be 50 minutes away, five zero people from that town would go there on the weekend. They told man, yeah, I went up to mystic saloon this weekend. It was a hell of a time. So for me, that's my counter argument. That's how it became so popular. Uh, a good counter argument. I buy it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it, essentially the, the film is perfect. The film has great fight sequences. I, I, I understand there's some fight sequences we don't get to see, but perhaps vinegar syndrome who's re-releasing the film will include those fight sequences on a DVD release. Now, my question about vinegar syndrome is because they, they're releasing another one, uh, that looks really intriguing to me. If I'm not mistaken though, they don't get the rights to these movies, right? Oh, I, as I far as that. I know, they just like because they do actual 2K scans and stuff from the original film print. But I don't know how they w- they get the rights to some of these movies. I don't either. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, but either which way that that would be interesting. Uh, we'll have to wait and find out. But uh, yeah, any closing final thoughts on Roadhouse? You know, what what can I say? It's. It's the film that's that's brought me together with so many people. Yep. And classic, classic one liners like maybe outside of Stallone and Schwarzenegger, the best like one liner movie of the 80s. Some of them not appropriate to say on this podcast, but fantastic. And obviously, you know, you have great villains, as you mentioned, Marshall Teague, Ben, uh, ben Gazzara. Right. And uh, uh, ben, ben Gazzara made our, our one of our lists for the top five. Yeah. Of, uh, and Sam villains. Elliott, Sam oh. Elliott. You taught me just as much as ever I ever taught you, Miho. Miho. That's the first time I ever heard Miho. And I was like, what's Miho? Oh. But uh okay. So uh excellent list, my friend. Very good. So now the final uh part of our episode before our closing thoughts. We've done this segment before. I'm gonna make sure we do it every week. We are gonna do our language corner. Okay, so you are going to teach us some Japanese today for listeners that uh, may be new to the podcast. Once again, Gavin grew up in Japan, speaks pretty fluent Japanese. Uh, So what are you going to teach us today? Today, I'm going to teach us uh, a term that you would use at the end of a workday, at the end of a workout, at the end of a podcast. Okay. Uh, It's the full version is Otsukare sama deshita. The shorter version is Otsukare sama desu. One more time for me, please. Full version. No, short version. Short version. Otsukare sama desu. Otsukare sama desu. Very good. That means Otsukare is like. Otsukare. Otsukare sama desu. Yeah, Otsukare sama desu. It's like. Otsukare sama desu. Sayonara. Yeah, thank you for thank you for the workout. Thank you for because now you're you're tired. Otsukare sama desu. Otsukare sama desu. So it's like it's the literal translation probably doesn't capture the essence. The essence is thank you for thank you for like that workout together. Thank you for that training together. Thank you for your hard day's work. Thank you for this podcast. Otsukare sama desu. Otsukare sama desu. Otsukare sama desu. Otsukare sama desu. Sayonara. 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 Sayonara
Uh, that's great. I think that's a great one. Uh, the interesting part is that's very Japanese, right? Japanese culture thinking for something like that. Because I'm trying to think the equivalent. People are like, oh, what would it be in China? We never, we would bow out and stuff or, you know, uh, didn't, we don't really have, I can't think of an equivalent. I'm sure there is. But like, what would I say at the end of class? I'm just, like, thank you, teacher. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like. Yeah, it's like when you're walking away. Sometimes if you're like the cool guy after like a baseball training, it would just be, otsukare, otsukare. 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 Yeah, you want to be cool? Just otsukare. Otsukare. Cool. I like it. Uh, Yeah, I mean, uh, let's see here. Yeah, because what my plan was to try to say what would be the equivalent in uh, Mandarin, but I I don't know an equivalent, just simply cultural differences, right? That's a very formal Japanese type of thing. So, uh, mm, I can't think of anything, any questions. I mean, it, it's, it's, yeah, it, it, Japanese can get a little nuanced, right? Yeah. And I mean, like you can do literal translations, but it's like once you peel the onion, you realize this, you've just unveiled another onion to peel. Okay. Onion. Yang chong. Yang so, chong. There we go. There, there we go. go. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I was trying to maybe, so yeah. So next time, hopefully I can have an equivalent, uh, to translate for you. But uh, as for now, yun yun, yang. So I, I, my second tone, I said wrong the first time. So yang chong, yang chong. But once again, yang chong. Like, yang it, chong. Yeah, onion. Uh, but anywho, which coincidentally enough was the first word I ever like successfully translated. <laughs> I think I've told uh-huh. this story. Uh, at the kindergarten I worked at in Guangzhou, uh, I happened to be grabbing some supplies out of the room where they were doing their parent-teacher conferences. And as I mentioned, the Japanese school in Guangzhou at that time didn't have a kindergarten. So all of the Japanese students went to our kindergarten for preschool and mm-hmm. kindergarten, uh, nursery, preschool, and kindergarten, then would transfer over to the Japanese school. So it was a parent-teacher conference with the Chinese teacher who spoke zero English and zero Japanese. Uh, and then the Japanese mom uh, who spoke Japanese and English and no Chinese. And so they were like these parents, I'm like, what's the point? And then, so I happened to be in there and Connie Lauscher, I remember her name was Connie was, uh, she was trying to say, ah, uh, 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 and then she looked at me and she's like, AJ Lauscher, and I was like, oh, he doesn't like to eat onions. And his, <laughs> the mom was like, oh, oh, okay. And I was like, holy crap. I just translated something successfully for the first time. Yeah. But once again, uh, because I had learned uh, Yang Chong in like one of my lessons when it was about food. Uh, but anywho, uh, great, great episode. Uh, any final closing thoughts? I'm looking to, forward to Comfort Kung Fu Films Part 3B. AJ edition. Yes. All right, my man. Well, this has been awesome. I hope you have a great rest of your weekend. Uh, Once again, thanks to our listeners for listening. Remember to share with your friends, subscribe, download, do all that fun stuff. So the more traction we get, the better for all of us. Anywho, I will see you next week. Bye, homie. Adios, mijo. (laughs)